Let's talk some more dividend-focused investing and how to avoid pain from the Fed in a sector that they are directly targeting. Let's discuss real estate with Alan Swearingen, joining me, managing director at LaSalle Investment Management, two Chicago locals here in Denver. Great to see you, Alan. Great to be here, Oliver, and great to catch up on Chicago, too. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you invest in real estate right now when it seems that this is really the barometer by which the Fed is gauging what kind of destruction they're inflicting in the economy right now, specific to housing? Well, housing is a sector that is definitely getting hurt by the Fed, incre Fed increasing interest rates. You know, mortgage rates are at like a 30-year high. And now the alternative to that is, as housing, as home ownership slows down, that actually drives people into the rental market, which is kind of good for what we own today and sectors we like mm -hmm. today. We like the apartment sector and we like the single family rental sector. And so kind of the yin and the yang of the Fed increasing interest rates is actually allowing us to get incre rent increases, mm -hmm. which over time can be really good for the investments we've made. Joel Tamilli, when the rent goes up, uh, the landlord then can pay more out. So it's all a cash Growing flow. dividends, yeah. Investors are looking for dividend paying stocks and, and that's what we're trying to deliver for them. Is there a certain degree of, I guess, maybe to use an options term, convexity to that? Does it work until there is too much economic pain and people go, I can't afford that rent anymore? Well, I, it, it can, Oliver, but I would say it's more about what's going on in the broader economy. You know, if, if we start seeing job losses, if we start seeing consumer spending pull back because the Fed increases too far and we get into that, from that soft landing concept to a little bit more hard landing, then that's when real estate can start to feel the pain. Mm. Uh, our asset class is often a lagging indicator. Uh, jobs and GDP are what drive long-term value for real estate. Hopefully the Fed can navigate this soft landing. This is really important. What you're touching on is arguably probably the biggest debate happening within economics and the Fed, which is, have they done too much already? Yeah. And the uh, housing market shows it, but to your point, the lagging nature of rents is right now contributing to inflation alongside the stability in employment. So how much more runway do you think there is for that? Well, we are definitely seeing slower rent growth. But I always find it interesting that the popular press has a headline-grabbing title about slowing rent growth. But we're still seeing rent growth, okay? okay? Rent growth is positive. So instead of seeing 10 to 15% rent growth across some of the property types we're invested in, we're seeing 5 to 10% rent growth. But, but that's historically what we are typically underwrite. We're mm. looking for inflationary growth. We're in a very unique environment where we're having inflation for the first time in 30 years that's significant. And everybody's struggling with how to navigate it. I mean, we're at this big Schwab Impact Conference talking to 3,000 advisors, and I've talked to hundreds of them in the last three days. They're looking for guidance in terms of where should we be thinking about putting money. How much of the decisions on those rental apartments uh, and the type of units that you want exposure to, how much of that overlaps with geography? Do you end up getting fairly concentrated in certain areas that right now have the most upside for rent? And if so, where are those places? So Oliver, for us, because we're somewhat more risk averse, we continue to be very diversified. Okay. So our portfolio today is almost 45% rental housing, it's about 80% apartments, at 20% single family rentals. Okay. But for us, we're focused on being very broadly diversified. You know, one of the tenants of, you know, all investing, but certainly real estate, don't get caught with too many eggs in one basket. So we keep spreading that money out as we make new investments. As we were just talking about uh, 
finding dividends in energy companies and infrastructure businesses tied to pipelines. Uh, I like the way Leighton described it as basically a toll road uh, where for an investor there is some degree of capped downside as long as there isn't a, a massive collapse in energy prices. Once they get that yield level, they generally try to either hold on to it or push it up. Yep. Do you have the same stability in the rental cash flow or can things turn quickly? They usually don't turn quickly, but it also depends upon which property types you're in. And so, while we have a significant allocation to residential, where you have shorter term leases, 12 month leases, we also have a big allocation to warehouses, where in those property types, you get 10 year leases. Now, you have locked in step rent growth, so maybe only three to 4% rent growth, so in a period of 10 to 15% inflation, you can get behind the curve. But if you balance the two, you kind of have an interesting uh, uh, balancing act of both durability of income, right, right. but also capturing the upside. Right, because you're going to get a little bit more yield right. from the shorter term rent, but have a little bit more risk associated with exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, now, I guess then we should basically be looking to folks like you to figure out maybe when we're kind of slowing down on some of those inflationary impulses, because when that shorter term rental units start to pull back, that's going to tell us the consumer's actually in some real pain. Yep. Well, and, and I think that's the challenge of any investor, uh, and, and that's the challenge we face as an active, long-only real estate manager. What I would say is, we're led by a phenomenal research and strategy organization. We talked before, our parent being JLL. We have a long-term view as to kind of where markets are heading and where the opportunities are, but also, just importantly, is where are the risks and, and where do you not want to get caught on the downside? I would say the other thing for us is, we keep our leverage pretty low. At this time of rising interest rate, our fund portfolio leverage today is 35%. That means I have a balance sheet of 65% of equity. Mm. That gives you some resiliency in a rising interest rate environment, and maybe resiliency if the Fed does not navigate the soft landing that we're hoping they deliver. Right, if uh, in case there is a misstep, things go awry, right. you won't be get caught holding too many bags. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, the, or the biggest ones. Uh, is uh, the invested community looking to uh, funds like your guys as a uh, core part of their holdings? Do they view it as a hedge or is this uh, more of kind of a, a risk asset that they view it as? So, uh, Oliver, we really try to educate them that this should be a long-term, permanent, meaningful allocation like our institutional clients view it. Now, that's a little bit new for the high net worth community that these advisors at Impact serve, but we're trying to educate them and make the case for real estate about why it's a diversifier, why it can be a nice hedge against inflation because we can get rent growth, why it has low correlation to equities and fixed income, and actually lower volatility. So th those are all things that advisors are looking for today. Okay, a great conversation, Alan. Uh, really timely, helpful for us. Uh, a natural compliment to the conversation we've been having. Great stuff. Great, Th thanks for being here. Absolutely. Alan Swearingen is the Managing Director at LaSalle Investment Management.